welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafter, and today I'll be chatting with Rita Lindenbach, SVP of Human Resources at Intersect. Intersect is an innovator of mobile-first fintech solutions. Financial service providers rely on its mobile identity system to provide both security and the best in convenient new digital experiences to their customers. Hello, Rita. We're here. We're here today. We're doing this. How are you? Hey, yo. <laughs> Hi, Stacey. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Looking forward to the of chat. Course. Yeah. How's your week been? Um, it's been busy. It's flying by. Um, you know, even in in the midst of lockdown, it just feels quite rushed and busy. And but that's all good. Sometimes I feel like during lockdown we're busier than ever because separating work and home life becomes a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. It- does become one blur. (laughs) Exactly. Rita, I'm excited to dive right in. I want to hear about your background, your career journey, and essentially what led you to become SVP of Human Resources at Intersect. Sure. Um, I decided after school that I'm going to study industrial psychology at the University of Stellenbosch. Um, With very little career direction, I just dived into that. Um, And then throughout my career, I realized that, you know, continuing your studies and being relevant is super important. Um, So then my first job was that of a legal advisor at a labor-broking firm. Um, Tough environment. I ended up finding myself uh, spending most of my time at the CCMA litigating cases. So that wasn't too much fun after three years. Um, I then joined a boutique HR consulting firm in Stellenbosch that specializes in performance management, Um, good learning school, very young environment, worked long hours. Um, And then I really enjoyed working with my customer, First National Bank, to such an extent that I joined them as a human capital consultant. During my career there, I furthered my studies and did a master's in leadership, performance and change, and they afforded that opportunity. Um, After the corporate life, uh, I took an eight-month break when I had my first child, and then I reflected on my career a lot and decided that, that technology is really the type of role technology firms or the type of companies I want to go into. They offer scale. They have less people. You know, it's not that um, 3,000 man show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I joined, um, I I then joined Clickital. And yeah, that was a lovely career of seven years, um, fast growing environment. And we started a division in Clickital called Paid. That was a lot of fun, hiring um, new talent into the business. And after seven years, I did the math and realized that I spent about 50 working days a year commuting. <laughs> so Lovely. Yeah, that um, wasn't exciting. And I decided that one cannot spend your time um, like that. That's not a good way of spending time because it's very unproductive. Exactly. Yeah, so I had the desire to work closer to home. A friend introduced me to Intersect um, and a very similar environment and culture to that of Clickital. Also, 
a smaller fintech environment. And I joined them and I've never been bought since. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great environment. I really buy into the purpose of creating um, a space where we protect banks from from their customers, from fraudsters. And, um, you know, it's really a purpose I can affiliate with. So I've been with Intersect for the last five years. Amazing. Lovely. We were chatting a few weeks ago about the high demand for BIs and one of your company objectives is to become data-driven. How did you know where to start and how has this improved the process in the HR department? Yeah, thank you, Stacey. Yeah, data and HR automation was uh, quite a big project and something that's ongoing for us. As an HR team, we um, decided to align ourselves with the company goal to be a data-driven function. Uh, the team even had the inside joke of how we're going to drink pina coladas on the beach and automate ourselves <laughs> and our world. <laughs> but needless to say, people are a bit more complex than that. Um, so we started focusing our attention on creating managerial self-serve processes and really look at that transactional processes where managers can help themselves. And we enabled them by writing up the processes, very short and sweet, publishing it on Confluence and giving the managers the tools to do leave approvals and expense claims and role title changes, recruitment requisitions and you know, um, tracking their own applicants and the hiring pipeline. So we used our tools optimally. We implemented a human resource management system, um, Bamboo HR, and we used that optimally. Um, then we went over to um, deciding how we're going to do our reporting in the business. We selected some key metrics in HR that was super important to us, like attrition and tenure um, and internal promotion stats and time to hire. So we took those metrics, we pulled that from Bamboo HR system um, into a BI dashboard, and we worked very close with our BI team to ensure that those the data integrity is there and that the, that the dashboards make sense. Um, to make this all happen, we realized that we actually need someone that worry about this and that it that that it's key to their role. Um, so yeah. we took one of our one of our existing HR managers, and she really wanted to um, get more experience in this space. And we cha changed her role to that of an HR data analyst. Um, she's currently doing foundational training on BI and metrics, and um, and so yeah, I mean that's how we started transforming our focus more on data data and HR automation. We're also implementing an applicant tracking system, Greenhouse, that can talk to the rest of the software tools that we have in the business. So I think that is very vital that when you select your um, tools that, you know, there is a interface or integration between these tools. Yeah, and that they can ultimately talk to yeah. to your BI. 
Definitely. We're creating a few dashboards at the moment and it's been so exciting. We're still trying to figure out what we want to monitor. For someone starting out, how do you know what data to focus on and what patterns to look out for? Yeah, I think, you know, for different companies, different things will be important. In our division, we knew that there's some health indicators. We had quite high attrition in the business and we knew knew that it's important for us to keep our eye on our attrition stats. Um, then also we, we needed to understand what is the maturity or the experience level of especially our software developers. Um, so, so the employee tenure and the average tenure of employees in, in those teams became quite important to us. So I think, you know, you focus on where's your pain points and what mm. is it that you want to monitor, what will help you indicate the health. Um, you know, there's no, if you're doing consistently well in an area, yes, you can have it on your dashboard, but it's not going to inform you as much as focusing on your gotcha. pain points. That's helpful. Thank you. I recently discovered the value and importance Intersect puts on gender diversity and equality. How have you embedded this into your company culture and ensure this is carried throughout the business as well? Yeah, thank you, Stacey. That is um, that transformation takes some time, um, and we have certainly not arrived. But over the last two years, we have managed to grow our female complement from twenty percent to thirty-four percent as current. So that is quite quite some movement, um, and we would like to increase that going forward. We've done some deliberate things to increase um, our female complement in a very difficult fintech space, which is male dominant. Um, but the first thing is to create awareness. We started reporting on diversity and bringing that stats to the forefront. We started celebrating women in the workplace and be it as simple as just acknowledging Women's Month or Mother's Day or making the females um, feel special for their contribution. We created an Intersect Women Forum and then typically on a Friday, we will just connect and talk about any career barriers or challenges that they may experience. And we focus on opportunities to pr promote women from within the business and especially into leadership roles. But I think the, the thing that helped us most to drive um, this diversity forward was our CEO, who demonstrated a commitment around hiring women into his team. So currently today, yeah, half of his team is, you know, consists out of female employees. Well. Yeah, and that, and that wow. was great. To have your leadership role model it from the top, that really drives change. Um, and, you know, other people started seeing this and, and onboarding some similar behaviors. So this is something that doesn't happen overnight for businesses that are seeing the data, seeing that, wow, okay, I'm not where, where I want to be. What can they do, firstly, to make small changes? Because a lot of this happens maybe over two to five years to make that long-term change? What can businesses start implementing now? Yeah, I think your most important or critical thing to do is to look at talent within your business. Look at the female talent you have. How can you develop them? How can you put them on 
development plans to, you know, create succession plans for them, focus on their careers, have those discussions. Because many of the times we have the talent in-house, but um, we don't develop them. And in a in a market where, like fintech, where female talent is short, there's a shortage of them. I mean, we we put a job out for software developer. And we hardly ever seen see any females apply, yeah. and we get super excited when they do, and really make a point of of interviewing and assessing their skills um, and fit to role. But um, yeah, I think you know gold is within the business and develop your develop your talent to be in leadership roles. Intersect has these groups where the women in your business come together and just chat about different elements of being a woman in the workplace, um, things they maybe want to improve on. Can you chat a little bit more about that? What essentially goes on in those meetings? Are there any takeaways, anything that you you go after the meeting and start implementing? Look, half the, half the time we just have fun. <laughs> I love that. And, and I we, love that. We keep it really casual and we, we, you know, we started off just creating a trusting environment where people can really openly share. So whether you talk about your weekend or your children, and we would talk about, mm. you know, the challenge of going on maternity leave and life goes on. And yeah. when you come back, how how things have changed. So being out of yeah. the workplace for four months um, is, is tough and coming back is tough. So we talk about those barriers um, and just create a secure environment. I think that's super important where people feel they can share or we would share ideas or we would bring in speakers or, you know, share that the one person has been on a coaching program, so she wants um, some guinea pigs to practice on. So, um, <laughs> and role models, we we often find that someone has got skills in another division where someone else would like to have exposure to that. Um, so, you know, it's just connecting some of the dots and sharing good practices. Sorry to put you on the spot and I feel like <laughs> this topic can be its own podcast in itself. Yeah. But what advice do you have for women coming back from maternity leave feeling a little bit nervous? Is there anything that you can you can say to them, any advice you can give for preparation, maybe before they leave, when they're coming back? Um anything you have to give around that? Yeah, what I've seen works well is that just to for for those women to stay in touch, not to um, you know, be distant from the business for four months. I think, you know, right mm-hmm. throughout your maternity leave period, there are times where baby is sleeping or things are less quiet. I'm not s- suggesting at all you get back into work, but yeah. connect with a key stakeholder in the business and, you know, keep your finger on the pulse as to what is happening in the business. I think that's important that you don't feel totally distant when you re-engage um, and then once you once you're back at work um, just to reassert yourself you know that's important to to get involved and catch up and connect with your team um, because your team has been there all the time and they they're probably the best people to 
to give you a quick rundown or orientation as yeah. to how things are going. Great. Many tune into this podcast to gain career advice and may even be wanting to make the move from a large corporation into a fintech. Do you have any tips for our listeners? Um, yes, Stacey. Um, I mean, fintech is not for everyone. It is typically those environments that range from 20 to 250 people, especially in South Africa. And this often means that you need to be able to function very strategically at times, but also very operationally and roll up your sleeves and get involved. Um, more importantly than having an engineering degree or an MBA, I think you need to have an innate interest um, in the business. You need Definitely. to buy into that purpose for existing. Um, so you need to enjoy technology. And many times we look for people who love to solve problems and they are innately curious and they're pure tech hobbyists. So those candidates who sit and code over weekends um, on their own projects because they're just passionate about it. Um, or those candidates that as a child, they opened a radio or a clock because they really want to understand how does it work on the inside. <laughs> and um, yeah. those people are really, you know, the, the people who are the innovators, entrepreneurs, and a genuine passion for technology. And I think those characteristics are, are quite important when you jo join a fintech. If you are young and you just finished your studies, look into joining a grad development program or look into internships. Many of the um, fintechs offer internships or look at starting uh, incubators. We've got some fantastic ones like We Think Code or Harambi, which offers great yeah. springboards for opportunities into fintech. So, yeah, that um, I don't think fintech is just an eight to five job. It's really something you need to be passionate about and want to build a career in. Of course. Rita, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was lovely having you on. Thank you, Stacey, for the opportunity and have a lovely day. Of course, where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Um, listeners can reach me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so happy to take any questions. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.